0: Introduce myself just in case you don't know I only I've been here for about three months now um, But we don't always get to chat and uh, anyways, my name is Daniel Drainer. I'm one of the pastors here at, uh, at Abundant. And I actually have the, the honor of leading the, uh, the worship team. And so that's really, really cool. But today I have the honor of hanging out with you guys while our pastors are getting refreshed. And I just love the fact that they're on vacation with their family and man, it's just so good. And, and I miss them too. And I'm, and I'm going to be excited when they're back, they get back this week. And so, um, that's so exciting. And, and just what great leaders we have. I, I, I It's really, honestly, truly one of the the biggest reasons why I'm even here. Um, I remember coming and visiting uh, Abundant, and uh, after that, I began to have conversations with Pastor Chili, and really, things just kind of began to connect. See, I thought I was done. I I retired. from, from full-time ministry. I know you guys like, how did you retire? I was in, I did this for 20 years of my life. And I know the question I always get is, if you're 27, how did you do it for 20 years of your life? I just did. I know the math doesn't add up, but I did. I did. Um, but, uh, but God is just cool like that. He just kind of began to put some things back together and just begin to stir some things in my heart that I thought weren't really there anymore and um, it was really cool to be a part of. And then just just coming here and hearing Pastor Chili speak. And the guy, man, his heart for people. And I, I think he gives a, an altar call right in the middle of the service. And I'm like, well, that's fantastic. He just leads. And and just the more I got to know him and hearing his heart and the way that he prays for you guys and the way that he prays for this community. And he just tirelessly prays and sees God for for what's right in in, in this church and in this area. And it's just someone that I begin to look and I go, man, I could get behind Um, I could get behind that, and I want to serve here, and I want to serve that vision and that heart, and so it's just really cool what God has done in in my life to bring me back into this place, and so really, this is, well, I I did speak on a Wednesday, but apart from that, this is the first time I've spoken on a Sunday for um, probably about three, four years now, and so, um, yeah, I'm excited, so y'all ready? Here we go. Come on. All right. You guys sure know how to make someone feel good. <laughs> All right, so hey, we're, we're continuing on in our, uh, on our uh, summer song series, and these are life lessons from the life of David, from the songs of David written out in the message version of the Bible, and... Um, as I was looking through, I'm like, man, this is really good, uh, really good stuff. And so we're going to hang out in Psalm 101 today, and uh, we're going to pull a few things out of there. Uh, and let me just kind of set that up. So basically, what David was doing was he was just writing out a standard for his life, right? He's like, here's what I'm going to do, and here's who I'm going to be, the standard for how I'm going to live, the integrity I'm going to have, the love I'm going to live in, the um, the godliness I'm going to to pursue, and so. This was David's heart, and so as he wrote this down, and we're going to start verse 1. It just says, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go through the whole thing, then we'll back up. Uh, my theme song is God's love and justice. By the way, I named my son Justice just because I wanted him to have a cool name. So. But it's God's love and justice. And I'm singing it right to you, God. I'm finding my way down the road of right living. But how long before you show up? I'm doing the very best that I can. And I'm doing it at home where it counts. And I refuse to take a second look at corrupting people and degrading things. I reject made in Canaan gods. Stay clear of contamination. The crooked in heart keep their distance. I refuse to shake hands with those who plan evil. I put a gag on the gossip who badmouths his neighbor Come on with that one, right? I can't stand arrogance, but I have my eye on salt of the earth people. They're the ones I want working with me. Men and women on the straight and narrow, these are the ones I want by my side. But no one who traffics in lies gets a job with me. I have no patience with liars. I've rounded up all the wicked like cattle, herded them right out of the country. I perched God's cities of all who made a business of evil. So where's David at? He's just like, look, here's not only how I want to live my life but how I want to challenge the people around me and the first thing that I really pulled out of this was David was just like when we go back to the very beginning he was saying he was saying my theme song is God's love like the theme of my life is going to be God's love my theme song so right now he's going if I'm going to make a mistake if I'm going to err I'm going to err on the side of love right? If I'm going to err, it's not going to be on the side of, of hate and of judgment. It's going to be on the side of loving people. It's going to be on the side of, of love and of what's right. And I love this. And actually I got it, I stole it. I hijacked it from Pastor Chili's uh, Instagram page, but I loved it so much. I threw it in here. It was a quote from George Woodruff. And he said this, the test of Christianity is not loving Jesus. It's loving Judas, Loving Jesus can be easy. He did everything for you. And I didn't say following Jesus was easy, but I said loving him can be easy. The guy did everything, laid his life, poured himself out for you, and you go, Wow, I love that guy. But it's really hard sometimes for us to love somebody who we feel like has hurt us. Loving Jesus versus loving Judas. Andy Stanley puts it like this. When he talks about love, he talks about it in the context of grace. And he says, grace, it's what we crave the most when our guilt is exposed. It's the very thing we are hesitant to extend when we are confronted with the guilt of others, especially when their guilt has robbed us of something we consider valuable. David's like, look. If I'm going to set a standard for living, I want to love. I want it to be full of love. And the God loved, then Jesus set this example for us in Mark, right? If you go to, to Mark chapter twelve, verse twenty nine. Jesus replied, "The most important commandment." So right now, Jesus is prioritizing the Scripture. We go, well, all scriptures, all scripture is, is God breathed. But Jesus is going, look, there are some things that are more important because if you don't get these things, nothing else matters. The most important commandment is this listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is this what? Love your neighbor. I love simplicity. Here's what he said. (laughs) This is what Jesus said. Love God with your guts and love that guy over there. The problem is a lot of times that guy over there, we don't love, we actually can't stand. Jesus is going to love them. Love them. Like Like if we miss this part, we miss the whole thing. It's like we can do all of these things. We can do all the amazing things as a church or as people or whatever, and we could show up. And if we're not loving people, we're missing the entire thing. He said, love, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So if we were going to set a standard for living, wouldn't it make sense that we followed the two things that God said, that Jesus said were most important? love god and to love people but look actions speak actions will always speak they'll always outlive your words because you can say whatever you want to say i can say i love my wife i can say i love my kids but if my actions don't reflect those things do i really love them my actions are what convey to them what my heart is saying Look, you're never more like God than when you're loving generously. We're never more like him than when we're generous with our time, when we're generous with our love, when we're generous with our talents, when we're generous, when we're loving generously, we're never more like God. Like, what would it look like if we learned how to fast forward the dreams of other people? They go, "Look, I love you. I'm, in, I'm invested in you. I care about you. I care what happens to you. What would it look like if we learned how to invite people to the table, or what would it look like even better yet, if we learned how to find a seat at theirs? Yeah, that's like, how many people do you know that you' are in constant relationship that are outside the walls of this church? I hope it's a lot. I hope you have a lot of people in your life that might never even walk in the doors of these churches. I really do. You go, well, that sounds kind of harsh. No, because it means that you're in their life. It means that you're there. It means that we went and we didn't just wait for someone to come to us. And what David does is he draws a line for who he wants to be. Because this is the second thing, and I don't think we want to miss this. Who you are is way more important than what you do. Who you are is way more important than what you do. Here's what David said. I'm doing the very best that I can, and I'm doing it at home where it counts. What's he saying there? He's saying this. I'm doing this when nobody's looking. Like, this is who I really, truly, genuinely want to be. When nobody's looking, when nobody's around, like, who am I really going to be? Because it's easy for us to put it on when we come here, right? Like it's easy for us to shake the hands, to say hello, to say hi, to look at it. But when you're at home by yourself, because you are who you are and you can't hide from that, right? It's the one thing that we can't hide from. It's because everyone else can think you're one thing. But when you stand in the mirror at your house and you look at yourself, you know the truth. You can't hide from it. Who you are is who you are. But God is way more interested in who you are than what you can do. In Mark chapter 8, he says this, what does it do for you to benefit the whole world or to gain the whole world but yet lose your own soul? He's saying, look, you can do all the amazing things that you want. But who you are is still the most important thing because it doesn't matter. Like you can go and you can do and you can be that person to all those other, to all those other people. But who you are matters. What's that mean? It's your heart that God is after it's your heart what I learned was this I did this for like I said I, I did this for 20 years and I felt like I wanted to make an impact just in a different way I don't feel like God was mad at me in fact I feel like God was like well, what do you want to do like I, I want to I still want to help people just I wanted to look a little differently because he was interested in what was in here Because who I am is always be more important than what I do. But the problem is this, is that we're not always that confident in who we are. Am I right? We're not always that confident in who we are because a lot of times we feel like we're bringing who we are to the throne. And we're going, look, God, you don't want to see this because it's messy, right? You don't want to see this because it's ugly. You don't want to see this because, and we come up with all the excuses that God already knows about. And we're sitting there and we're telling like, look, I'm not really that confident in who I am. I'm not really that confident in what I've done. I'm not really that confident because I know that I've sinned and I know that I've been wrong and I know that I've failed time and time again. And I keep hitting the same walls over and over and over and over and over over again in my life. But the problem is this. You're operating out of your own confidence. you got to get out of your confidence and understand your confidence comes from the king. He's the one who says that that, that there's no temptation that has seized you except what is common to man. And he's faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted in that way he'll provide a way for you to stand up under it that's the kind of God that loves you and that's the kind of confidence that I want to operate in my confidence has to be in the king I gotta quit operating in my own confidence because who I am is really important I am who I am because of who lives in me it's not because of who I am because of who he is. In Romans 8, it says this, but if God himself has taken up a residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about, but for you who welcome him. can be anybody in this room right now right for you who welcome him in whom he dwells even though you still experience all the limitations of sin hello i mean is that anybody in here is it just me right even though you experience all the limitations of sin you yourself experience life on god's terms And it stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. And when God lives and breathes in you and he does, surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from the dead life. And with this, his spirit is living in you and your body will be alive as Christ. It's not about you. It's about who lives in you. If you're getting your confidence from your abilities, you need to stop. Just stop. You got to stop. Because it's him. Look, at the end of the day, I'm so grateful that there's a God that would take the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. It's been my entire life. I've never been the smartest person in the room. I've never been the brightest. I've never been the fastest. I was just, look, I'm a product of, of, you know, like everyone else, I'm just a product of what has happened in my life. Product of a a, a father who left me, a mom who, who, who fought fiercely for me, And a God who wouldn't stop pursuing me. Like, that's what I am. And like, look, you can't take that away from me. Like, no one can. You can be like, hey, we don't like your music. We think it stinks. Okay. But you can't take away the fact that he loves me. You'd be like, yeah, we think you could speak better. Yeah, I agree with that. But you can't take away the fact that he loves me. Like, there are areas in my life that I'm missing it. I know there are. There's areas in your life. But you cannot change the fact that he loves you that it's wider than anything that you could ever hope for or imagine that he loves you and will pursue you relentlessly relentlessly that's the god i want to serve you kidding me man it's humbling it's humbling look it's not better than anybody i've just come to accept the fact that i just need jesus as much as anybody else probably more He's everything, and my life is way better with him than it is without him. I don't really want to go on without him. I just don't. I am who I am because of who lives in me. And I think the last thing that we can pull out of Psalm 101, David's lessons, is this You can be salty. you can be salty you're like what what's that even mean like he's just trying to be hip and cool no not really like you can be like the good salt that they hide at the movie theater behind the counter you know like the yellow stuff that you're just like yeah y'all know what i'm talking about right like the good stuff like because you're like hey i want salt and they give you the white salt nobody wants the white salt when you go to the movie you want the yellow salt the good stuff that's the kind of salt that brings life to the popcorn Y'all thought that was going to get deep for a moment. Here's the deal. David says, I have my eye on salt of the earth, people. They're the ones that I want working with me. Men and women on the straight and narrow. These are the ones I want by my side. I put a gag on the gossip and who bad mouths his neighbor and I can't stand arrogance. He's going, look, man, this isn't what we want to do. This isn't how we want to live. He's saying that there is a line that God is calling us to live above and not below. He's calling us to live above the line of sin, pettiness, hate, arrogance and a lack mentality. And he's calling us into a life of love and empathy and compassion and abundance. Like that's where he wants us to be why is it so many times we want to live down here why do we want to be down there it's gross it's muddy it's yucky i don't want to be down there i want to live a life of abundance in my mindset in my health in my heart in my relationship with jesus in my relationship with people i want to genuinely care about people i want to genuinely and authentically love people And you know what? He never in here. I was just looking and I must must have lost it in my notes because I was looking for the line where he says, "Oh, I also want the perfect people. Those are the people. He ain't looking for the perfect. He's looking for people who just go, look, man, here's the line. Here's where we want to live. We don't want to be down here in the muck. We want to be salt of the earth, people. You are who you really, truly are because of who's in you. Look, it's calling us to live above the line as parents as men as women as fathers as mothers as husbands as wives whatever role you have in life at work at home at church he's calling you to live above the line and David is saying like here's gonna be our standard we're not going below this why because it's not beneficial to who I want to be. And it's also not beneficial to taking people with me. There's nothing more unattractive than people who live below the line. You know how you're above the line? Go put your card up at Walmart. <laughs> Go put your card up at Walmart. <laughs> like, I know it's simple, but it, it, the, the thing is, like, this is where we're wanting to be. This is who we're wanting to be. You go, well, how holy is that? I, I don't know. Is it holy? I, I don't know. But it, what you're saying is like, look, I just have an abundant mindset. I'm not going to allow myself to get in conversations that break people down. I'm not going to allow myself to get in conversations that tear things down. I'm going to be positive. I'm not going to be negative. And, I'm gonna, and everything that I do, is gonna, I'm going to exist to point people towards Jesus. That's what he wants from us. That's what he wants. So at the end of the day, we're going to err on the side of love. We're going to find our confidence in the king. And we're going to be the kind of salt that has life and vibrancy and flavor and not the bitter end. It's not what we want. Because it's who God is calling us to be. And who you are will always be more important than what you do. Cause at the end of the day, you're not gonna stand before God and go, "Look at everything I did." He's gonna go, well, "Who are you?" Um, I'm your son. He's like, "I know. You're my son." Can't outrun His love. Yeah, that scared me too. Yes, Lord, so we will end it right now. <laughs> he cannot run his love. He will pursue you endlessly. He loves you. He wants to be in a relationship with you. And he wants you to be authentically and genuinely in love with him. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for loving us. God, we're just humbled by your grace and your mercy and your faithfulness and your goodness and your kindness in our life. Lord, I just pray right now that we would never forget who you are. And we would stop trying to find our confidence in in who we are and in what we're doing. And we'd rest with our confidence being in you. You've already fought the fights. You've already fought the battles. You lived, you died so we could have a life that is abundant. So God, today in this moment, We just choose you. We choose you. Everything is better with Jesus. So Lord, we give this time to you. We give this day to you. Thank you so much for loving us. In your name we pray.